Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. This is the time of year where a lot of folks, they kind of feel one of three ways, Julie. I think Mm -hmm. you'll agree, right? Mm -hmm. They're celebrating having had a really great year. They're, you know, they're content with the fact that maybe they accomplished their goals and they had a good year or they're way behind. Yes. And those are usually uh, the three buckets I think most agents will find themselves swimming in this time of year. And the thing is, the hardest part of being in real estate, really the hardest part of being any kind of business owner, is the knowledge that you have to do it all over again. It is that time of year again, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I remember clearly, I can't wash it out of my system no, long, no matter no. what, but I remember very clearly feeling that way over the winter. Every year when we sold real estate, it was like you wanted to relax, you wanted to chill, and then, but you, all these waves of anxiety would, you know, in differing uh, in levels of intensity sure. would have washed yeah. me. Uh, you too, you know? Yeah, still kind of get that. Just, it's almost like a seasonal realtor disorder or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, the only thing I ever found uh, that, you know, that worked for Julie and I both, and when we had a real estate team and we owned part of real estate brokerages and all that, the only thing that really would help is if we created a not overly complicated plan leading into the next year. And I know that sounds like, well, of course you were going to say business plan, but of course I am going to say business plan because that's the best way to really purge yourself of all the anxiety inducing emotions that can frankly ruin the holidays and um, a lot of ways screw up your momentum going into next year. Completely agree. And in fact, if you procrastinate that, because let's be honest, all of you listening know that you you need to do this. You need to do your goal setting and planning and get ready for next year, the longer you wait to do that, the more that lingering feeling of, oh my gosh, I got to do it. How am I going to do it over next year? Even if you had your best year ever, which many of our coaching clients are reporting, that almost adds even more pressure because you want to do that over and maybe add some next year. So don't procrastinate. Now is the time to do it while you still do have a little time. The clock hasn't turned over yet. Don't wait until first quarter to have that freak out and then try and reset because you'll already be behind by then. Most of our thousands of coaching clients and podcast listeners have already done their real estate treasure map. But if you haven't, this is the perfect today's podcast and tomorrow's podcast, I think is the the uh, perfect um I don't know what you want to call it. It's, it's a way of get your brain working when you're completing the real estate treasure sure. map. It's a jump start. It's a jump start, right? So this is going to be the purpose of this is to help all of you, uh, those of you who are feeling a little bit, I think, uh, disorderly this time of year, mm-hmm. to help you to solidify your thoughts and your plans for next year so you can enjoy the holidays and you can roll into next year with a tremendous amount of momentum and clarity of thinking. So uh, remember, you're going to want to have the real estate treasure map. The real estate treasure map is free. It's our fill-in-the-blank business and life plan. And you can get the real estate treasure map very, very simply by scrolling down and just clicking the link to join Premier Coaching. It takes two seconds to do that. And you can join for the first 30 days for free. And in the first 30 days, you do have the real estate treasure map. And it is a very comprehensive business and life plan. This is something Julie and I actually, we do it twice a year. 
because generally speaking, we find that we need to reset our, uh, our own goals every six months. So we do review all of our personal and business overhead. We do review our goals, whether we're ahead, behind, or uh, on track, all the rest of it. So the things that we ask you guys to do, the reason we ask you to do them is because they work for us personally, and they've worked for our tens of thousands of coaching clients over the last couple decades. And the treasure map, like I said, is free. So scroll down and click the link below. If for some reason, oh, where's the link? <laughs> I always forget. Mm. Some of you don't know. All of our show descriptions are always included in the podcast. We include those in, in the, uh, sometimes it's called show description or sometimes it's called notes. If you're listening on iTunes or if you're listening on YouTube, Spotify, Google Music, we're on 30 different podcasting platforms. So just scroll down and all of our links and I read there all of our notes from today's show and all the links that we might refer to, including how to join Premier Coaching are there. Or if you prefer, you can just go to premiercoaching.com. That's right. So is it possible to be successful immediately as a new realtor or a newer realtor? Or maybe a realtor has just decided to get back in the saddle. Now, the reason that we're starting out with that is because it's really effective for you to think of yourself, no matter how successful you are in real estate, as a new agent every single year. Now, why do we suggest that? Because when you get back to first principles, when you get back to the very things that actually make you successful in real estate, the very basic things that all of you can do, and hopefully a lot of you are very good at doing, you're going to feel a sense of calm and in control. Exactly. Especially when you follow the 15 rules of success that we're going to do over the next uh, today's podcast and tomorrow's. Take the guesswork out of real estate and drill down on what matters most. Again, if you're not new, but you feel like you're stuck, this is especially for you. So get unstuck by acting, as Tim said, as if you just got your license and get to work. Remember how excited you were? Now, that's not so hard for some of you who did actually just get licensed. But for those of you who have been at it a while, remember how excited you were when you got that license, you were ready to rumble, get back into that mindset. It's also important to, to do take into consideration that this we do believe 2024, and we're going to be doing our prediction show here in a, another uh, maybe week or so, mm -hmm. we do believe 2024 is going to be significantly improved over 2023. Totally agree. <laughs> right? Yeah, 2023, I'm just thinking, I was, what made me laugh is we have a lot of our coaching clients that had their best years ever in 2023. Yeah. And it was the worst year in over 40 years in real estate. Well, so imagine how well they'll do when things start bouncing back. Exactly. So really the moral of the story is that in this new year, you're going to have a lot of new rules and sort of, I'm, I will call them rules because with regards to buyer agency and some other things, there will be new rules that will be put in place that you're going to have to, you know, learn to um, work with. And really as uh, lead generation and how you're going to manage your team and the expectations for profitability. All of these things are going to have to be taken into consideration when you're completing your real estate treasure map, when you're planning on what your new year is going to be like. And it's okay. And you should give yourself permission to hit hard reset on mm -hmm. all of the decisions that you made. So if your decision was to buy a bunch of buyer leads and distribute them to a bunch of buyer's agents, why don't we take this time of year to do a hard reset on that and actually do a profit and loss just on those buyer agent transactions, those types of thoughts, the branding and the marketing, that stuff is great. It definitely has a place in your business, but is it actually producing profit? Is that something you should be doing this time of year or even in uh, 2024? So go through all of the things. Remember I said, get back to first principles, go through all the things that you that you've made decisions about that you're spending money on all of your beliefs and just you know test them test those principles find out if they're actually working run through a set of filters our suggestion is, is when you're making decisions about business decisions in particular you base them on the profitability of the decision that you're making and there's a great book and again this is something julie and i listen to um you can obviously read it as well called profits aren't everything they're the only thing i don't remember the author's name 
Prophets aren't everything. They're the only thing. I'd strongly suggest you read that book. A perfect book for this type of, um, frankly, economy and real estate market. Totally agree. It's a little bit harsh. It's a little bit, uh, shall we say, reality-based. Yeah. It will make you think bigger thoughts. But I agree. I think that's a great book. It keeps it more of a more in the business and less of the emotion, which is important. Right. Okay. So first, the facts. According to the National Association of Realtors, a whopping 87% of realtors will fail within their first five years. Now, I hate that stat. And one of the things that we do in coaching and on this podcast is do our best to fight that stat every single podcast, every single coaching call, every single coaching session with our premier coaching clients. Now, on the other hand, the top 1% of real estate agents in the U.S. make over half a million dollars in annual income. The medium, median income is 50000 So keep in mind that it does only take, on average, about five sales per year to make fifty grand. Now, most of you can do that by working part-time. These are just some facts to start out before we get to the rules. 20% of licensees make up 80% of closed real estate transactions. 20% of agents make more than $200,000 yearly. Now, the only question you should be asking yourself with these stats is, what percentage will you be? Follow the 15 rules, which are not, again, just for new agents, but for all agents, and you'll be in that top 10% or better. If you choose to wing it and just see how it goes, you'll probably wind up in that first 87% who, fall, who fail in five years or less. Your only mantra should be, starting now, going forward, certainly in 2024, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. So adopt that as your hourly affirmation, or at least daily affirmation, starting today. Let's roll into part one. You know, my mind was filling with, um, you and I just listened to a podcast, and it's very easy for people to say this, but then you ask them, you you get them to test their thesis, and they they never have an answer for it. But I'm hearing more and more people say, because of the changes to buyer agent commissions mm -hmm. and all the rest of it, there's going to be as much as a 20 to 40% drop off in the number of agents, number of members of National Association of Realtors. I don't understand why that would be true, honestly. I, can't I don't either. I disagree with that. I do. I can't work my mind around that. And if you mm -hmm. go back in time and you look at the number of agents that or number of people even getting licenses all the way back to like, say, for example, the only thing we can really compare this to would be the late 70s, early 80s. Sure. There were not, there were more people getting licenses. There were still real estate transactions happening even when the interest rates were double digit. But I also don't understand why they would think, like um, why they would think there'd be fewer real estate agents if in a market or an economy where inflation is making everything more expensive, people wouldn't want to keep their licenses just in case they can pick up a deal here and there to help make ends meet and pay for a vacation. Keeping in mind that it only takes five deals to make 50 grand. Exactly. That's well, a pretty rockin' vacation right. if that's your side hustle. But otherwise, it certainly makes sense to keep your license active. And I have to say, Tim, just this morning in my you know, check-ins with different people that we know, I had two people in our personal center of influence tell me that they're taking the real estate test in the next week. Because that's what people do when, you know, you hear this thing about, uh, you know, people getting second jobs and, you know, side hustles and all the rest of it. Well, real estate always has been kind of that. That's so, true. Well, considering that 20% of the agents do 80% of the deals, that illustrates that, doesn't it? it? That's just, that's, you're circling the wagons around yep. this, you know, this grander point. I cannot conceive why it would be fewer agents. If anything, I think there'll be more agents. Um, now, look, if you uh, defrag or de uh, detach the national members of being a required member of National Association of Realtors from your local MLS, 
you know, Red Thin just basically said that they aren't requiring their agents to be mm -hmm. members of the National Association of Realtors. And by the way, Julie and I are huge advocates and supporters of National Association of Realtors. And, it, and if anything, uh, NAR has done a really bad job of explaining how relevant they are to our industry. Mm -hmm. But that aside, a lot of agents would use the, you know, inexperienced low producing agents might say, well, I'm going to drop out because I don't want to pay my annual NAR due or my annual that. Well, it looks like it's going to be something that's no longer going to be required. Mm -hmm. So the uh, cost of maintaining a license is even going to be reduced. So Good point. the only, I think, argument against why there might be a drop off in agents is because people don't want to pay their thousand or you know twelve hundred dollars and all their combined annual fees to be a, uh, you know an agent. Well, that's getting cut by half or whatever. Now it's less. So. Now it's less. So we think there's going to be an increase in the number of agents. But I'm jumping on one of our points for the upcoming prediction show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the cliffhanger. Yes. Okay, so let's jump into these 15 rules for being successful starting today, going into next year, certainly. Point number one, pick or in some cases, repick your broker wisely. It's not just about commission splits. Does your broker have stock awards, health insurance, daily education, and revenue share? It's costly to start with or stay with the wrong brokerage, especially in a changing market. Having to switch later costs not only time, but money, so make the right decision the first time. As a side note, EXP paid over $240 million in revenue share just last year and equity be uh, benefits, and that's up in a down year by 20%. Well, that's the big, all the time, new agents will say, I want to, you know, I want to change brokers. Well, why do you want to change brokers? Because you guys didn't ask the right questions when you're choosing your broker in the first place. It's you not make, their fault. They didn't know. Well, yeah, I would say, but if they're going to listen to this podcast, then it is their no fault. No excuse. <laughs> exactly. Well, they'll say things like, well, they were local to me. Well, the broker was going to spend a lot of time with me. I thought I was going to get mentorship. Sure. You had really some, uh, you had expectations that have not been met as a new agent. Well, guess what? Because the brokers know that 87% of you are going to be out of the business within 60 months. And most brokerages run what are traditionally called body shops. In other words, mm -hmm. they're constantly going through agents and agents are coming and agents are going because the 80-20 rule has been there forever. I mean, it's not even a rule. It's just sort of the standard. Of, fact. Yeah. Well, guess what? If you choose a broker and you aren't careful with the broker you choose and you're bro you chose the local broker who maybe promised you that they're going to do a lot of mentoring and you know most of them never do because they're too busy themselves and you also agreed to pay a 50-50 commission split and the, and you do sell you know 10 houses in your first year congratulations go you you've made your 100,000 or 75,000 even more well you just paid 50% of that to the broker cuz you made a bad decision right out of the gates some of you are stuck in that paradigm now where you made the bad decision two or three years ago and you're now you know looking at the finances from having the cost of having made that decision. And this is an excellent time for you to hit hard reset on that. Julie and I are huge advocates of eXp Realty. In our opinion, it is the best real estate brokerage model that there ever has been mm -hmm. because it is truly agent centric in the sense that you can earn money multiple different ways with as being an eXp agent. In the past, the question was always about what are you paying your broker, right? That would have been what are you paying your broker as in your commission split? Nowadays, it's what is your broker paying you if you're an eXp realty agent? Julie and I uh, feel that joining eXp for us in 2019 was the best business decision we've made aside from, you know, it was one of the top five business decisions we ever made for sure. So that's something you definitely should be looking into. Look, we've made it very easy for you. The link to learn more about our eXp Realty Group is down below. Um, or if you'd like, you can and you're ready to join eXp Realty, just text me directly at 512-758-0206. All right, so rule number two, commit to earning while you learn and be learning all the time. You don't have to be perfect to be productive. 
You must take action from day one in order to build your skills quickly. And you have to make about at least five times the effort that you probably think to get the results that you're looking for. For example, I have a note in here, the best people to role play with are actual prospects with actual homes to sell. Some of you get stuck getting ready to get started to do more analytics, more role play, more business planning, more of this and more of that before you actually do the effort, which will lead to a paycheck. Well, what it required uh, for you to be successful, I think 2023 was a real litmus test for most practitioners. For sure. But if you're benchmarking the amount of effort you should put forth from, say, prior to you know 2000 to 2002 or something like that, or even before that, and you're thinking, well, I am putting more effort than I did before. Julie said 5x, but in many markets, it's going to be more like 10x. Mm-hmm. So if it took you this amount of effort to make this amount of money, you're going to have to enter into the year with the assumption that it's going to require 10x the effort. And we're going to break it down here in our further in our additional points to really you know, drill down on what that means. And in many cases, it's not necessarily you putting in more time, but it's how you're allocating your time and the effort in which you're putting into that particular effort. Like, for example, if you're going to be working, well, Julie's next point. Okay. So for example, number three, create your center of influence or your sphere of influence and expand it daily. These are the people you know already. You hear us talk about sphere of influence, center of influence, COI, all these terms. These are the people you already know. They know, love, and trust you. And as such, they're almost always your first three to five transactions as a new agent. But when you do this right, it will continue to be your strongest source of business. So use your smartphone contacts to get started or to polish up your database if you've already got one working. Talk about real estate all the time with everyone. Learn the Ford memory jogger That's and internalize it. Use it all the time. That's talking about family, occupation, recreation, and dreams when you're talking to people in that database. Always have some speaking points about what's happening in real estate. This is one of the things that all of our coaches do every week. We make sure that you have something of value to be sharing. Always have those speaking points about what is currently happening in real estate. You can also get that from your board of realtors, monthly or weekly newsletter. List reports is a great source. And certainly this podcast, we keep you up to speed. So for example, are rates going up or down? What's going on with new construction? How many days does it take to sell a home in your market? What types of mortgages are most attractive in today's market? Provide value and be a problem solver. For example, if I was calling in the Austin market because I get the uh, stats in Austin, I would be able to talk about the fact that, yes, prices have come down a bit. Austin was one of our hottest markets during the pandemic. The average sale price has gone from $700,000 to $650,000, but it's been sitting at $650,000 for about the past six months. Average days on the market were 10 during the pandemic. Now they're up to about 65 days on the market. None of that is bad news, but if you were centered on just the headlines, oh, there's lots of price reductions in Austin. Well, you have to define that. So if I were calling a center of influence in Austin, I would have things like that to talk about followed by asking what questions do they have about what's happening for them with their real estate. Well, we obviously have tons of scripts in Premier Coaching, yes. exactly what they should say and how they should say it. We've also done a lot of podcasts on it. Yep. But statistically, here's what's really interesting, and maybe you'll remember these numbers. Uh-huh. Uh, but after, I think it was five years in the business, something like 76% of all real estate agents, or the average real estate agent who com- you know completed the NAR survey, mm-hmm. their business came from centers of influence and past clients. Yes. And the, the increase in uh, the amount of business that comes from centers of influence and past clients, really, you really start to feel it right around year three and when you're mm-hmm. in the business. So the real way to make this uh, 
have the compounding uh, you know, effect of centers of influence and past client, the easier referrals in real estate is really do great over the next 12 months. Build as many of those past, obviously sell as many houses as you can, but also build your centers of influence and past client list as large as you can, even if those people aren't doing a transaction with you and be conscientious of it, be considerate of it. Always be thinking about who can you add to the list? How can you bring value to their lives? And that business, those, those you know, very social, easy contacts will often turn into multiple transactions over your the course of your career. Agents who fail, the you know most agents who fail out of the business, that's the number one thing, number one reason they fail is because they don't appreciate the importance of centers of influence and past clients. They spend too much money on branding, marketing, buying buyer leads, all the other things. They're not really drilling down on what is the most effective, least uh, costly, most, um, you know, frankly, easiest business to get. I'm glad you drilled down on that because that's really true. And I think one thing that happens with newer agents is they'll pop a few easy first deals, three to five transactions, and they'll start to believe that that's how it's always going to be. But those were just the most obvious people. And you're excited. You just got licensed. You're talking about real estate all the time. If you don't nurture this, then it will fall off and you won't see that big surge in repeat and referral business that you talk about for the fourth and fifth year right in there. So this is why we have a huge section in Premier Coaching that's all about not just how to work your database, but how to expand your database. What are the types of conversations and scripts that you can be having to make sure that you get that surge of business? By the way, any um, successful business, that's ultimately what becomes of their business. They're just like, if you think of even Netflix, Netflix has this great, huge value in the marketplace because they have, you know, millions of centers of, or, you know, past clients that are doing business with them every month through their recurring fee, right? Any business is built on taking care of your customers. And even if these, again, your centers of influence and past clients don't have to actually be past real estate clients. They can be people, you know, from church or your neighbors, your old neighbors, your new neighbors, mm -hmm. put them all on the list and then use our system that's included in premier coaching to start bringing value to them every single month. By the way, we ask you to do it in the most cost effective uh, way possible, which is picking up the phone. Yes. And we do of course tell you exactly what to say and how, how to handle those conversations. Rule number four, understand what actually makes you money in real estate and spend 90% of your time on those activities. Seems logical. Well, what are those things? Proactive lead generation, furiously fast lead follow-up, pre-qualifying using the proven scripts, presenting, negotiating, and closing, and then lather, rinse, repeat. Your most important skills are those. You can hire somebody to process your transactions once you know the process. When you get great at lead generation, really the rest of it takes care of itself. That's why we have so many podcasts about lead generation is because when you're good at that, you'll have to pre-qualify. You'll have to present, negotiate, close, etc. So there's a quote by John Maxwell. He said, the secret of your success is determined by your daily agenda, which brings us back to the treasure map we've been talking about on this podcast. Make sure that you're following that plan. It covers all of the things we've presented so far. Leading up to number five, understand the spokes in the wheel model. Choose your lead generation spokes wisely and work them daily. Our coaching clients have their spokes in the wheel model posted on their wall, focusing mainly on people who clearly have the desire to sell their homes and supplement with regular communication to your database, like the previous point. Our favorite list of spokes, which everyone can utilize, starts with your center of influence. Those are your database, friends, family, neighbors. Who is becoming an empty nester? Who's getting relocated? Having another baby? Wanting to build? Considering buying a rental? Your database can be a gold mine when you communicate regularly. Julie, explain to them what the spokes in the wheel <clears throat> analogy is. Yes. Okay. So imagine you're putting together a bicycle. You've got the spokes. You're assembling this yourself. 
Well, let's say that you decide to skip some directions and you only have one spoke in the wheel. You want to take it out for a spin and you, you know, you can kind of get up there, but hit a rock or a pothole. You're going to wipe out because you only have one spoke. You're a one spoke wonder as we uh, nickname. That's exactly like lead generation. Your spokes are your sources. So all of you should start with a strong first spoke. That's your center of influence, your database, and then add spokes from there because the integrity of your lead generation wheel is going to be so much better when you have multiple spokes. So let's say, for example, you are good at talking to your center of influence, but for the past two weeks, nobody said that they want to buy or sell. Well, if you're really also good at something like expireds, probate, new construction, any of the other spokes that we teach, well, you're going to still be transactional because somebody will want to be buying or selling with you from your other spokes. When you do this every single day, you're ironing out the ups and downs. You know, the agents typically want to believe there's some kind of magic easy button that if I just do this or I just subscribe to that or I, I just hit this easy button, that that's my lead generation solution. The solution is to have multiple spokes in your wheel. So the spokes that we suggest are all outlined in the real estate treasure map, which you get uh, for free when you join the real, uh, when you join Premier Coaching. But here's, you know, philosophically how Julie and I approach this is you want to do the proactive lead generation spokes first and then the passive lead generation spokes second. Why? Yes. Because if you're, for example, calling unrepresented owners or for sale by owners, you know for sure that that's a seller that has to sell. So the only thing standing in the way of you taking that listing is uh, the seller's motivation and your skill set. That's something ultimately you can control, unlike all the passive stuff, which would be marketing, branding, direct mail, all that stuff. You can't actually control, know for sure that that effort's going to equal that result. Whereas you can, if you're directly calling that seller who has their hand in the air saying, yes, I have a house to sell. So what we want you to do is get really good at the proactive lead generation stuff. And then over time, if you choose to, you can then supplement or reinforce your proactive lead generation with a passive. For example, if you are calling that for sale by owner in that particular neighborhood, but you're also mailing postcards, the fact that they have higher, they might have higher familiarity with you because they've received the postcards will give you an advantage when it comes to actually earning that listing. Excellent point. You have to do both. All right. Number six, commit to profitability. Don't blow your money on the three worst Bs, buying buyer leads, building your brand, or building a team. You don't actually need to do any of these things to be successful and profitable. In fact, concentrating on those things or leading with those things can actually drive your profitability into the ground. So here's a question, a mindset question. Are you thinking about profitability all the time? Are you tracking, our, I mean, our coaching clients get this, ask this all the time. Are you on track ahead or behind, or are you just seeing how the year turns out? Some of you feel like, well, I feel like I was behind last year, but you can't define by how much, how many transactions, how much money. Are you on track ahead or behind? If you're ahead by how much, what caused that? You've got to have the mindset of profitability. Speaking of which, related to that, number seven Pay yourself first. This is for new agents from the get-go and all of you grizzled veterans as well. Pay yourself first, 10% minimum to your savings, 20% to your tax account, and the rest to your operations account. Save more if possible right from the beginning, but don't mix these accounts and don't get behind on your taxes. And for all the thousands of you in, your, in our EXP Realty group that are listening... 
Um, there's over 3,000 of you. I'll suggest that you uh, take a little look-see as to far as what your stock awards are, because <laughs> a lot of you aren't aware that you've been earning stock awards while you're at eXp Realty. In other words, uh, eXp has made it so that you have a forced savings account. You might want to take a look at that, because I think a lot of you are going to have a nice smile on your faces after you realize how much uh, money that eXp has scrolled away for you uh, because of the stock awards that you've earned. You earn stock awards at eXp for you know selling your first house. When someone your sponsor sells a house, you can buy eXp uh, Realty eXpi shares at a discount when you sell a house. All kinds of amazing ways for you to build wealth and uh, create more financial uh, security for yourself. But really, fundamentally, we do want you to save 10% to start off every single nickel that you earn. You've got to pay yourself first. The old way of doing things where people say, well, I'll just save what's left. There'll never be anything mm -hmm. left because you're always going to figure out another way to spend the money. So this gets back to the book we suggested earlier was profits aren't everything. They're the only thing. That's where Julie and I originally got the idea that the product of your business is always profit. And without profit, you're not going to have essentially you're running a nonprofit business, which, you know, maybe that's great. But for the most part, you don't want to be running a nonprofit business. So fundamentally, hopefully you are understanding that in markets like this, where everything is changing, you should get back to first principles and challenge all your preconceived notions about what it takes to be successful in real estate. Now, you will most likely find that a lot of the decisions, the decisions you made, you want to carry forward and are working just fine for you. And they should continue to work fine for you. But a lot of the other things you should stop doing and not stop doing them temporarily, but stop doing them you know, forever. So for example, if you've been pouring money into some branding marketing campaign uh, and you've been, you know, hoping and praying that one day somehow magically the clouds are going to clear and all of a sudden leads are going to start piling on you and they're not, well, they're not going to in a market like this. If they didn't, if those things didn't work in the past market, they definitely won't work in this market as well. Remember fundamentally, I'm using that word a lot because mm -hmm. we're working on fundamentals and first principles today. You need to be leaning back into the concept of being a proactive lead generator first and then being a passive lead generator second. You, When you get really good at proactive lead generation, when you get really good at, and we teach you 30 different ways, for example, to have um, conversations with sellers in particular, different types of sellers, and those leads don't cost you anything. So if you can move your mind towards the concept that you can actually proactively generate listing leads without having to pay fees or referral fees for those leads, that has to give you a sense of calm, has to give you a sense of, I think, control that if you're just strictly a passively generator, you'll never have. Because really, the concept, again, that uh, I wish I remembered where you and I originally heard this, Julie, mm -hmm. but was don't build your mansion on land you don't own. Right. I can't remember either, but I love it. Well, I mean, we had a rental property that was in Laguna Beach that was on a 100-year land lease. Which literally, we owned the condo, but not the land. Yeah, we owned it outright, but there, we didn't own the land. And we I think there was like 45 years left on the mm -hmm. land lease. Yep. But you and I are thinking to ourselves, well, this is not going to be a good long-term asset for us because after the land lease had, when it, uh, what, had less than 30 years? It started, the clock was ticking right around 35 years because what happens when it's less than 30, no lender is going to lend on that. Exactly. So if you, if we were to go to sell that, you, we would find nobody that would be able to get a loan on it because no lender is going to give a loan on it. And so what's going to happen to the value of the property? Because at the end of the land lease, um, technically what happens is the property that's on the land goes back 
to uh, the people that own the land. So our paid off condo in 40 years or whatever would have been worth nothing to us because we would no longer technically own it. Now I'm oversimplifying how a land lease can work, but that's conceptually something I want you to consider yourselves. If you're building your business on land you do not own because you're buying your leads or you're essentially hoping and praying that some sort of mystical, magical CRM that's constantly dripping on people is all of a sudden going to start working at a higher level than it worked in the past market, you're going to be wasting a lot of effort and time. And really what you're doing is you're eroding your self-confidence and you're, um, I think, many cases you're hurting yourselves unnecessarily because you've, you're have you so dug into believing that this is what I started doing five years ago and I'm going to keep doing it. I mean, Julie and I face these types of decisions every day in our businesses. We're sure. involved in many different businesses. And it is a hard conversation to have where you're trying to, you know, work through the emotions of stopping something that's, you know, maybe worked in the past and maybe it'll work again. When you want it to work so bad. <laughs> you want it to work today. If it's, maybe it'll be tomorrow. I mean, it's because it's like a, it's like a false sense of security, you know? Yeah. Well, here is another example. When you and I were selling real estate, mm-hmm. it's back when CRMs and such and, you know, <laughs> mining your CRM and all the rest of it, that was becoming in vogue. And we very quickly built this huge CRM with a thousand plus people. And we were thinking for sure, oh, we're going to get tons of leads over the next few years from the CRM. We're going to mail them stuff and we're going to have some calling and all the rest of it. And what we quickly figured out, well, quickly for us, two or three years, is that actually was very ineffective because what was happening is we were putting those leads in the CRM and we weren't spending a lot of time or any time to pre-qualify them. And so we had this little epiphany. Why are we wasting so much time and money hoping and praying that somehow all these leads yeah. on our big CRM are going to you know, start uh, doing business with us? And then we said, well, if we... Our new rule was going to be when we contact somebody, when we're, you know, prospecting or even get the lead passively, the first job is going to be is to fully pre-qualify them to find out what their motivation is. And if their motivation was more than I think in our world, it was more than six months out um, because we sold in a normal market where houses weren't selling really fast, that we weren't going to chase them. No. Because what happens is it creates a false sense of security. How many of you have these big CRMs and you're rolling into 2024 and you're believing that because you have a thousand people, approximately 10% of those a thousand people will do a real estate deal. How many of those will do a real estate deal for you? Just well, because the database exists. Exactly. Well, those people are in a million different databases and those people, you know, other agents databases, not to mention the fact that a lot of them have changed their minds, maybe interest rates or maybe whatever. So here's the real cure to all this. Pick up the phone and call all of them. Use our scripts, pre-qualify them. A lot of the people that showed up in your life as buyers are actually sellers with houses to sell. So you need to call them and use, uh, you know, I know you guys don't like the word script, so let's just call it, you know, conversation. A questionnaire. A questionnaire, a conversation <laughs> yeah. outline, right? Yeah. So call them up, use our conversation outlines mm-hmm. to learn what their level of motivation is and find out how many of those people that you have tagged in your CRM as a buyer actually has at least one property to sell. Well, there's a difference between a lead and a contact, right? Now, a lot of you guys call your database all leads. They're not leads unless you have actually used your pre-qualification scripts, established their time frame, their motivation, what are they looking for, buyer or seller, et cetera. You can still you know, send them your digital newsletter. You can still communicate. But if you're going to consider somebody a lead, that is a different thing. And I would, I, I'm glad that you brought up people with, I mean, I've even had people come to us that say their database is 3,000 people. Can you name, like if I were to just randomly pick somebody, who is that person? How do you know them? I think smaller, more efficient, more detailed databases are better and more effective. When People you have to earn the right to be in your CRM. Yeah. They have to cross a certain level of, min- you know, have minimum standards uh, for them to be considered as a-, a lead. And you have to know what their time frame is. 
You have to know what they're, because again, you will allow yourself to, you know, be lulled into complacency and not do the real work of real estate because you're going to convince yourself because everyone else is saying the same thing. Your goal is to have a big database. Your goal is not to have a big database. And I'm going to share with you guys the secret um, that any of you listening who are, you know, huge producers will know. The best agents that sell the most houses consistently and make the most net profit are the ones with the least amount of leads. Why? For the reasons we've just been harping on. The, uh, a lead for an agent that's experienced is somebody, you know, has a, it's a very high threshold for you to be considered a lead when you're working with a top producing agent. They're not going to mess around with you if you're just a looky-loo or if you're going to sell your house or whatever when, you know, pigs fly or interest rates or you can When get rates great... go to 3% again, I'll do something. Right. They're never going to go to 3% no. again. Or, or you can get a really great deal. None of these things, okay? So follow our pre-qualifying scripts and you'll find yourself, yes, you'll have fewer leads, but 90% of those will turn into a closed transaction. Well put. Thank you for reminding them of that. Our final point today, or our rule, is number eight. Don't seek or take advice from unqualified fake coaches. Free YouTube advice, Facebook surveys, salespeople to try and sell you stuff do not have your best interest at heart, nor do they have the authority or experience to actually advise you. So write these four questions down. I'm going to go through these relatively quick. And you should use the, you know, uh, modify this when trying to make decisions about who you're going to hire for really anything. So let's just stick for a real estate coach. If you're going to hire a real estate coach, the first question you need to ask that person is, has, have you had a real estate license before? I mean, maybe you even ask, you know, when have they had real estate licenses? Julie's got an active real estate license. We All send of our out, coaches are licensed. Exactly. We send out referrals every day. But the first question should be, do you actually have an active real estate license? Um, and if you don't, in our humble opinion, that person might have value to you about, you know, maybe they're going to be able to give you helpful advice about something, but sure as hell is not going to be about selling real estate because they've never done it before. Number two, if they've had a real estate license, the next question should be, have they sold at least a hundred homes in a year? Now that's an important question because if they've sold at least a hundred homes in a year, that's somebody that's actually been there, done that at a higher level than most people have. So go them. But that's not good enough for you. You need to be hiring somebody that absolutely positively is the, you know, essentially best of breed real estate coaches. And the third question is, is has that person, that potential coach actually sold 100 homes per year for at least five years in a row. Now, why does that matter? Because someone could have gotten lucky and sold 100 houses in a year. I Lucky with the air quotes, right? Maybe they listed a subdivision. Maybe they bought, you know, uh, represented a developer who listed 100 lots and they, all, they all sold to D.R. Horton or whatever, right? Yeah, builder reps or all those types of things. So you want to find out they sold at least 100 homes per year for at least five years in a row. And the fourth question should be, and if they passed all the, yes, they've had a license. Yes, they sold 100 houses in a year. Yes, they've sold 100 houses a year for at least five years in a row. The fourth question should be, and this one, trust me, is going to take 99.9% .9 of them out, is have you, Mr. Potential Coach, actually provided over 10,000, or really, I think 10,000 is the minimum, but even higher standards, yeah, a bigger number is even better. But have you done at least 10,000 paid coaching calls? Not free coaching calls. Not YouTube presentations, not how many followers or subscribers you have. Julie and I have, you know, 50,000 subscribers or whatever on YouTube, but we aren't coaching those guys. Those are just people watching or listening to our videos. You know, we have, you know, 3 million plus downloads every year, but those aren't coaching calls. Uh, we've been, we've presented in front of a thousands and thousands of people over our career, but those aren't coaching calls. 
A coaching call is when it's you on the phone with that agent as a coach and you're helping them build their real estate business. And Julie and I are technically performance coaches. We're not life coaches. All That's who we coach. Our, we coach our coaches to be performance coaches. We focus our coaches on actually helping you perform so you can, you know, obviously have a very successful business and make money. But the bottom line is, is if you're considering hiring someone and they've not done at least 10,000 paid coaching calls, you can do better. Well, why is it important that they're paid coaching calls? There's a lot of free coaches out there, right? Well, because it, you're, here's the real reason why, because they've been market tested. They're not going to have found a, they're not going to have had, you know, potentially thousands of people or at least hundreds of people to pay them uh, to perform coaching calls, at least, you know, especially 10,000 coaching calls, unless they're actually legit. No, you probably won't even make it to your 500th call. You won't paid, even make it to your paid, fifth call. Right? Exactly. I mean, you know, the, the, st- the standard to be a real estate coach doesn't even really exist because virtually everyone calls themselves a real estate coach. Right. And what I'm asking all of you guys to do, because the simple fact is, is if you follow bad advice, free advice, that as, you know, essentially not being given to you by somebody who's actually been there and done that at the highest of levels, that can ruin your career. And that's another mm-hmm. one of the reasons, and Julie and I, we're relatively certain this is true, that the duration, in other words, there's more agents failing faster in real estate now than there ever has been. And I think the real reason why is because there's too many shiny objects, too many things that are distracting agents, and too many people out there who are presenting themselves to have a certain level of knowledge and experience that they don't because the marketplace, that's all of you listening, aren't qualifying those people you're seeking advice from. That's on you at this point because you heard Julie and I just give you those four filters. So hopefully all this helps you. Yes. Well, and that's why I appreciate you reminding them of those four filters because, you know, a lot of people come to real estate from something completely unrelated. Why would they know what to ask, right? It's hard to know how to actually pre-qualify a worthy real estate coach. So thank you for drilling back down on that. We have presented to you guys eight of our first 15 rules for not just new or newer agents, but those of you who want to hit the hard reset. And technically, just so you're clear, this is not real estate coaching. Julie and I are presenting. This is essentially training, basically. That's all we're really doing is training. We're presenting, not coaching. Coaching is completely different. <laughs> okay? So be very clear on that. When you're going to hire someone to... now scale this out. You're thinking about hiring a doctor. You're thinking about hiring a roofer. You're thinking about hiring uh, whatever. You need to absolutely positively start asking the tough questions so you don't end up making a bad decision as far as who you hire, right? And it's on you at this point. It's on you. The market has proven who the winners are uh, and, you know, when it comes to roofing and, you know, mechanics and landscapers and all the rest of it, lean into those people who have the, the most experience and have proven themselves to provide the best results over time for the people who've chosen to do business with them. That's what we're all about. That's the reason that Julie and I have been in the business for two decades. And by the way, Julie and I have done at least, over, it's way over 100,000 paid coaching calls each at this point. I'm not bragging. You should all feel sorry for us. <laughs> right. That's time we'll never get back. And, you know, talking to that many agents for that many hours is, you know, I don't know. Kind of depressing. (laughs) We're joking. Ha ha. Joking. All right. But that that doesn't, that doesn't even include our coaches either. So guys, open your mind to the possibilities that 2024 will be for all of you, provided you're actually willing to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do at the highest level. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.